Hi, this is Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher and life coach. I'm also author of several self-help books. Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast is about strategies to think positively every day. We will cover relationships, positive energy, the power of attraction, and how to mindfully experience each day so that you can become your best self. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. My guest is Angela O'Loughlin, and Angela offers massage therapy in combination with mediumship reading. And she's a fascinating woman who is a proprietor of her company called A Better Place Massage and Mediumship. She has 23 years experience specializing in injury prevention and recovery. She also offers deep tissue massage, a Hawaiian Lami Lami, Swedish reflexology, acupressure, aromatherapy, Reiki sessions, and does canine massage, psychic medium readings, pregnancy massage, really covers a lot of ground. And Angela also has skills in addressing how tissues hold issues, which is really interesting to me, especially with all the injuries some people get. So thanks for joining us, Angela. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Great. Well, I wanted to ask you, how did you discover your gift and career? A lot of people say the career chose me, and I was curious about your background. Sure. So in two different categories, one being mediumship and one being massage therapy, so regarding mediumship, I have to give a lot of credit to my maternal grandmother. She used to speak about her spirit guide named Lottie. And I used to tell her I was seeing full apparitions, but I was single digits, I would say five years old on mm -hmm. average, when mm -hmm. I was really able to articulate that I was seeing dead people, if you will. <laughs> and she would just be like, oh, don't worry about it. I've got this spirit guide named Lottie. She comes and sits with me. And one day she brought me into the room and showed me where she was sitting. And sure enough, there was a, an imprint on the bed and it was, it, she was not ambulatory at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I knew she couldn't have done it. And so she would often, I, I will, she's going to roll over in her grave as I tell you this, but oh, no. <laughs> we would be going up the stairs and she had a flight of stairs and there was a platform It turned and you go up another flight of stairs, another platform on the first platform at the top of the stairs. I would see that the spirit there and I would make her <laughs> come with me up the stairs because I had to go to the restroom. Mm -hmm. So she would start up the stairs and pretend to pass gas. <laughs> so that I would run past her and grandma and she would giggle and say, I'm right here, dear. But I would run right past that spirit because I would not go up there by myself because I was terrified. And she knew that I didn't have anything to be afraid of at that point. So mm -hmm. I would run past them and say, grandma. And she'd be like, I'm right here, dear. And she would just giggle. And so she made me feel comfortable mm -hmm. with the whole experience and idea. And so I, I really have a lot of gratitude to her for that. I learned to develop the skill. I didn't really know what to do with it. I remember being at her house when I was about 19 years old and hitting the deck, as I say, because I saw a full apparition in my room and I was terrified. What do I do with that? Mm -hmm. I hit the deck at her house, pulled the blanket over my head and said, okay, God, 
what do you want me to do with this? Mm-hmm. Same day, the doorbell rang and a friend of mine was inviting me to go to an event in Watertown. It was listed in a magazine called Spirit of Change magazine. And it was a medium's day being held at the Greater Boston Church of Spiritualism. Mm-hmm. And I went there and I found a teacher there who was willing to teach me how to develop the ability to know how to communicate and understand better the symbolism I was getting and why I was seeing them, what they were trying to say. And so I began to really develop the skill at a further level than just working as an innate child and right, <laughs> my right. own capabilities. How old were you when you did that? About 19 at that time. And I'm 50 now. So. Okay. So did you start with massage or did you start working with mediumship? How'd you make the connection? So I had the ability on my whole life, but I was a Mm -hmm. live-in nanny and a gentleman who was the father in the home saw me actually massaging his child who was colicky and very innately as well and said you have skills at this you need to be doing this and he brought home an application to the number one school in the country now he was a lobbyist by career and very convincing (laughs) man and he was like this is what you should be doing well it kind of backfired on him because I said you know what you're right I went into the Bancroft School of Massage in Worcester Massachusetts under the impression that I would do equine massage and work with animals. I'd always ridden horses my whole life, had Mm. a very innate ability in working with animals and plants. And so I went into that school and I discovered I had a skill at working with deep tissue and injury through their clinical aspects and really embraced the healing art of it. Mm -hmm. And So I got accepted to that school and ended up quitting that job, but it kind of backfired on him. But that's how I actually got into massage was this man brought home this application and said, you need to fill this out. And I was like, okay. That's how it happens, really. Went with the flow, really. Yeah. And so I, I went into it. I loved the clinical end of it, discovering how tissues really hold issues was something that I fell into as well. The innate ability of being an empath and a medium, I started to pick up on the mental, emotional, intuitive aspects to the client. As I was developing my own career, went out on my own, I was really working with people and starting to pick up on their emotions, pick up on visuals about what the issues were. Mentally, emotionally, we cannot face, deal, look at what is bothering us, our body is a remarkable thing. And it will take that and store it for later when you are ready. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, I went into the Metro West Medical Center in Framingham, Massachusetts to speak to their physical therapy department about this topic. Mm -hmm. And the physical therapy department, they had a lot of good questions, but one woman said, Well, if I tell you what's going on with something with me that's been going on for like 15 years, Mm -hmm. are you going to be able to tell me what the issue is from that long ago? I said, yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't you go ahead? She goes, well, I have a neck problem and I have not been able to to get out of dis-ease with this. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Okay, well, neck is about your voice. This is about flexibility to have your voice 
have you been able at 15 years ago be able to speak your piece your mind and really feel heard with someone speaking at you in an inflexible way and she looked at me and kind of gave me this funny look and i said what happened 15 years ago i got a divorce everybody started chuckling mm -hmm. and i said and i'm gonna guess the communication level was very inflexible is that correct she goes that's correct it might have <laughs> been a real pain in your neck and she started laughing at that point. she's like you're right it was and, and they were very oh we get it now so you can help her release that emotional yes, baggage now, What's really interesting, yes, getting hands-on with her at that mm -hmm. point would be really helpful, mm -hmm. but just the mental, just acknowledging how the connection is. Your body has an innate healer in it. Mm -hmm. Just drawing the line between the pain in the neck, the inflexibility, the lack of voice or being able to be heard or being spoken to in a way that you didn't want to hear making that connection to the brain mm -hmm. the body can heal itself it's, it's amazing the neurological system and how the brain works it is a remarkable organ and mm -hmm. connecting to your body so hearing the connection just that alone the healing process has already begun to mm -hmm. connect there now getting my hands on her certainly would again facilitate further healing and i would at that point really tune into the emotional parts of that experience with her on a deeper level to really go deeper if needed. But I'm telling you, sometimes just hearing that acknowledgement is all the client needed. No, they, I believe it. it. It can release just based on that. But sometimes there can be deeper traumas. And then going into each one, if they're ready, they'll really be able to release it on an even deeper level, depending on where they're at and what is needed. Mm -hmm. But absolutely. Wow. Okay. Because when you have negative self-talk and keep spiraling in this, just becoming aware of it helps you stop the negative self-talk. So I can totally yes. see how that works because the body hears us talk and really does want to heal. So yes. any and other... Words yeah. I would say words are like spells. They can create or destroy. Have you heard about the water experiment? Though I think they call it the water effect or water method. There were scientists who did this experiment and they had three frozen bottles of water. Mm -hmm. And one of them they spoke very well to. Oh, and I saw this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and the middle one they spoke very ill to and mm -hmm. very cruel. And then the other one, they just ignored. Mm -hmm. So the first one had perfect, pristine snowflake molecules of water. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. The one they spoke ill to was broken down and decrepit. Mm -hmm. The one they ignored grew mold. In your own body, which is mostly water, you can either create, destroy, or cause some kind of disease. So it's pretty remarkable. It's a science, really. You're also a Reiki master. Can you explain to the audience what Reiki is? I also do Reiki, but I think a lot of people would like to learn about Certainly. Reiki. Well, so Reiki was actually founded by Mikao Yusui. He was, he was born in 1865 and died approximately in 1926 in Japan. He was a well-educated man. He was a doctor, but he also dabbled in the arts of spiritual work. And he went up to Mount Kurama in Japan 
at one point, and it is speculated that he studied with the Tibetan Buddhists, and he went under this waterfall in Mount Kurama, and he channeled, which means that he, a waterfall was landing, they also theoretically say, because he was by himself doing this, but it landed on his third eye. They figured he was under the waterfall, and it stimulated these channeling of symbols that he knew and I call that a claircognizance. He just knew that these were tools that were needed to be brought forward in this healing system that was channeled to him by spirit. Mm -hmm. So when I say spirit, you could say guides, God, loved ones, whatever. So <laughs> yeah, however, universe, mm -hmm. you know, and he brought this forward into his clinics that he had set up in Japan. And there was a real major a catastrophic world events, like, like a big storm that happened mm -hmm. and he ended up being able to help heal people and the word began to spread. And so this system of natural healing, he channeled it. He listened, guided, brought this forward into his own practice. People started seeing benefits of this, starting to heal all sorts of illnesses and ailments. And people started to want to learn how to do this for themselves or bring it to other people, other parts of the world. Later, I believe it was the 1980s, Ms. Takata brought it over to Hawaii and they started training people in the art of this. And there are certain levels, one, two, and three. The third level is the master teacher level where you can teach it or practice it depending on your choice. So I am a Reiki master teacher, so I do teach Reiki on all the levels and and I do it in the Yusui way, so I really want to make it reachable, attainable, and bring that information forward to know, again, how people, in a very natural way, the body can heal. The <clears throat> symbols that are used are very focused, intentional symbols, mm -hmm. whether you're putting power in or you're releasing energy or you're dealing with mental emotional faculties or you're really wanting to intend distance healing. So send that energy healing out. When we talk about energy, again, I like to bring the science in to help people who think in different ways, because I'm a very spiritually minded person, but mm -hmm. I also understand that there are people who think in a more scientific, factual way. Think of protons, neutrons, electrons, molecules, atoms. There are positively and negatively charged ions and we can affect those. If you think about water, it's also energy. We're mostly water. So there's these positively and negatively charged molecules of water in our bodies. So everything is made up of atoms. Some vibrate at denser levels, like your coffee table is a denser vibration of these atoms, mm -hmm. but they're moving slowly in their vibration and their energy of that where we are vibrating in the molecules and atoms in our body are vibrating at a higher level. And if you were to go even further, if you're talking about a spirit body, that's even a higher level of vibration. And so we've learned that we can actually affect or move these molecules and for positive or negative, depending on how we address them with our words and our thoughts and intention. Mm -hmm. So, the symbols that Yusui is using sets an intention to create positive, to create healing and affect a change in those molecules in the cells in our body. Mm -hmm. No, it makes total sense. I was a skeptic years and years ago and went to a Reiki training class 
And it's almost like they know who the skeptics are. And the teacher brought me out. And I was in the wellness world, but I just always wanted facts. And she said, do you have any injuries or pain in your body? And I was something that I didn't tell anyone about because I just thought it would go away. But I had something in my hip. And as a yoga teacher, I, I thought maybe I did something. And she just literally put her hands over it and did something and it immediately went away. So it's hard not to be a believer <laughs> when oh, that yeah. happens, you know. I can recall having a, a fair at my office. It was a psychic fair, but there were also healers. And my mom sat in the chair of one of my students who did Reiki on her and literally took her pain away. She has so many comorbidities and pain in her body from mm -hmm. rheumatoid arthritis and scoliosis and all sorts of things. And it really actually completely took the pain away from her. And she was dumbfounded. Wow. Can you eliminate pain from scoliosis? Because a lot of people say that's permanent. It did in that moment. It, it of course, did resurface later on hours and hours later but yes it did in the moment yes so maybe if you learn it's, to do reiki you can do it to yourself correct that is a goal i actually had a young lady on my table one time and she only offered me an hour of her time so i was scanning her body to tune into where we needed to really focus the work and every time i went over her abdomen area hands off again i wasn't touching her body because mm -hmm. with reiki you don't actually need to touch the body mm -hmm. you just feel it and so i would come over her body and a wave it's a medical intuitive if you will in essence because as i went over her abdomen i felt nauseous i felt this mm -hmm. unbelievable pain in my gut and felt a wave of nausea i'd move away from that area and it would dissipate. I would come back, it would get strong. So I addressed it and I said, every time I do this is what I'm experiencing. And she kind of smiled and, and a little bit with a wide eye. And she didn't want to tell me mm -hmm. what her ailments were. She wanted to see if I could find it. Right. And right. so she said she had Crohn's disease. And I said, that's an autoimmune of the digestive. And and it really can be very debilitating with what their diet is and what they can and cannot eat. And it upsets things. So she said she had this condition. And I said, I'm going to do the best I can in the time I have. But I would love for you to learn Reiki and do this for yourself every day. Mm -hmm. She did. And she put herself into remission. That's the best story. Now, when I say put herself, one thing I always say is we're co-creating, mm -hmm. that this energy is flowing through her, through me. That is coming from source. It is not my energy healing. Mm -hmm. This system that's channeled in intention is actually a tool used by source for us to use, and it's coming from source. All of that healing energy is coming from source. We set the intention, get out of the way and hold the space. That's how mm -hmm. I look at it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> My daughter recently spoke with you and she was talking about this really cool experience that you were invited by Native American to learn how to release negative energies or spirits. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, let me first say John Two Hawks is a Native American performing and recording artist. He's Ogalas Lakota Sioux, and he is a performing uh, flautist, a player, 
and he's had Grammy and Emmy um, nominations for that. Actually, his music was on an HBO production of Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, Mm -hmm. uh, which aired in 2007. He is really a mentor teacher to me. He's written books, and I came across him up at a place named Lilydale in New York. And that's where I met him. He was putting out his book, and I believe it's called uh, Healing Medicine. It was a biography of his life, mm-hmm. and it really touched me. I could really relate to him. Mm-hmm. And so I approached him, and he ended up taking me under his wing. So he does these big spiritual retreats up in the Ozark Mountains. The retreat is a mm-hmm. mending medicine retreat. Mm-hmm. And so I went up there and further learned from him, and I really got a lot out of it. And so this year, I'd actually said to him, I'm coming again to another retreat that he's holding in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And that's where he lives. He reached back to me. I'd already signed up and I decided I was going to stay at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, which mm-hmm. is a haunted hotel. Oh, great. And <laughs> yeah. And I visited it the last time I was there and I said, I'm staying here. I want to stay here. So I didn't get <laughs> bad <crazy>. vibes. <laughs> I know. I didn't get bad vibes. So I said, I'm going to stay. And I'm traveling with a girlfriend of mine from Woburn who's an acupuncturist named Christina. And so he's met Christina and he said, great spirit, or in other terms, God source had informed him that he needed to do a private tie session with us for this time that we're traveling. And he's moved his entire retreat to November and we're going the weekend of Halloween and, um, <laughs> No kidding. And he is going to take us to the hot springs in Eureka to teach me this time about the healing powers of water. And he felt really called to do this private session with it. But again, I feel like he's a friend. He's a mentor. And I appreciate his ways. He's taught me a lot about the sacred hoop or medicine wheel Mm -hmm. and how to live in balance with all things. And he's a remarkable person. And so I'm really looking forward to that. That's coming up, actually. Well, it makes sense. When I'm at the beach, I feel so calm anytime I'm around water. And so that all makes sense to me. Yeah. I also went to Rome one time. And my daughter, who also has medium abilities, my husband and I were in one room. And she goes, well, your room's haunted and mine isn't. And then she left. (laughs) And I was like, oh, great. So we went to bed. And of course, all night long, TV coming on and off, and then the knocks on the door, and my husband was trying to catch the ghosts and run out chasing him down. <laughs> of course, there was nobody there, but this went on all night. We didn't sleep at all, and afterwards, I said to the um, hotel manager, I said, you know, are you aware that your hotel's haunted? And he goes, oh, um, yes, I am. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I thought, mm-hmm. they don't even tell people, but you don't sleep much there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's funny. I'm certainly wanting to share some stories with you on different levels of experience of working with spirit. Mm -hmm. But one of the ones that really stood out to me is called a residual haunt. So this is the energy over time of someone's action in a location. And literally, they say over like 100 or more years, this what once was a full apparition can become just a partial apparition. And it's a what they call a residual haunt. So they this pattern is done over and over and over every night and mm. by the spirit. So I was at Lilydale in New York staying at one of their haunted hotels. And of course, you see a pattern here. No. 
um, and I was sleeping in a room alone and I'm like, bring it. I'm not worried about that. So I'm laying in bed. I had fallen asleep and often I get visitations in my sleep, but I hear a rapping at the headboard and, and there, it's pretty loud and it's the other side of the wall at the headboard of where I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden my room door flies open and there is a man dressed in black. Now, this was like a uniform black, not like he was some kind of weird lower energy. Right. He was just wearing a, a black uniform. But I only saw his waist up and the waist was on the floor. There were no legs. Oh, God. And he's on the floor and he's, keep it down in here. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's not me. It's not me. It's the next room. I can hear it in the next room. And he stops and he looks at me. <laughs> And he's like, Ugh, just that kind of exacerbation. And he shuts the door, right? Uh-huh. Well, I immediately wake up and I jump up out of bed. I run to the door. It's locked. I wait. There's no noise. That was a residual hunt. So I immediately go out the door and I go to the front desk because they tell you, tell us, tell us what you experience. And they went, oh, yeah, we, we hear about him all the time. Every <laughs> year he gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, clearly there was a lot of noise at one time in this corner room, so it was really funny. Wow, that's so funny. Is there a difference between negative and positive spirits or energies, and how do you protect yourself from all that? Very good questions. So as far as negative and positive energies, in my experience, absolutely. How do I protect myself? So there's a knowing that I have this higher source, God, guides, angels, my loved ones that are all around me and protecting me. And I know this in my heart. Mm -hmm. But when I go into locations, so I do home blessings, and Mm -hmm. I go into, quote, haunted houses, where people are experiencing what one might say is a negative energy. Mm -hmm. I was recently in a home, and they had told me up front that they were experiencing a plate coming off the counter. The girl was very candid to tell me that Her partner in life, currently living, had been choking her, screaming at her, and felt that it was a possession. Wow. And so I went in there with a team. I brought a gentleman who was formerly with the Attleboro Paranormal Association Mm -hmm. and one of my advanced student mediums who is very much in um, family law and knows that kind of angle. So I specifically am guided to bring certain people to certain situations. And mm-hmm. that's a higher guidance that determines who's going to be available that day. Mm-hmm. So it works out perfectly. So we go into this environment and I encountered, yes, this shadow man, as I call him, he was an earth person. So somebody who walked the earth who made very bad choices. He was not a nice guy in life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was influencing for sure. I saw in my mind's eye the actions of choking this girl. He was influencing the spirit energy, was influencing this man. Was he possessing him? I didn't witness the possession. I witnessed that he was influencing or at the moment coming over and instructing him to do this and influencing it that way. I didn't feel he was still currently in him, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I instructed him with a calm but firm voice, if you mean any lower intentions or harms to this family or this home, you are not allowed to stay here. You must go back to where you came. And I command this in the name of God. 
God is in charge. You are not. You need to leave now. And I did burn sage. And I did have a Native American rattle that I use because I've been instructed uh, by the Native Americans that they don't like that kind of noise. And it is a deterrent. And I could actually hear him in my head say, you think that sage is going to do anything? And I said, no, I know that it is a tool that can clear viruses. It can clear lower energy, but it's not the sage that's doing anything. It is God, my higher power that has the control and power here and over you and over me. And you are not welcome here. You need to leave now. And I felt him leave. That's awesome. There was a different energy there still hiding in what I call a crawl space in the basement. And I later found a, a similar energy in the attic crawl space as well. But I say very much the same things. I see you. You are not welcome here. If you mean any ill will or harm to this family, you are not allowed to stay here. You need to go back to where you came. Mm -hmm. And I command this in the name of God. And I do my sage. I do my rattle. Um, and I check in and ask my guides and God, have I done enough here? Is this done? And, and if I need to do anything further in this experience here at this location, this very same home, not only did I experience a human stuck earthbound, if you will, which was that first one I mentioned, lower malevolent energy that was attached to that human at one point and needed to leave as well and did. And then also Native Americans that were not happy with the disrespect to the location and land. So we did a blessing and offering to the Native Americans, to the land of tobacco and rose quartz, mm -hmm. and that pleased them and to create peace. The other thing is it's something that not a lot of people think of is, and Native Americans are actually synonymous of protecting our portals. Mm -hmm. There are gateways, if you will, where lower energies and light beings are allowed to pass through. Just like everything in the world and everything within each one of us, there is light and there is shadow. Which one will we choose to use or work from? There's balance in all things. So lower energies come through the portal to create chaos with humanity, but the light beings come through the portal, use that chaos to bring about the awareness of love and peace and camaraderie and coming together. Mm -hmm. A lot of people ask me about COVID, mm -hmm. you know, Yes, that could have been man-made. And yes, that could have been influenced by these chaotic beings that are doing this. But there was a lot of good that actually came of people coming together, people supporting each other, trying to help. We couldn't leave our house. A random stranger through the internet say, what do you need? And we needed this certain medication. And he actually brought it to my mailbox and refused to take money for it, wanting to help. Yeah. So there's a balance in the world that we got to remember. And there's a story in Native culture about what wolf will you feed? The one that is creating peace or the one that's creating chaos, right. you know, light or that. shadow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a beautiful Native Americans know what's going on. I, I love they that philosophy. Do. <laughs> they do. My daughter said, wow, there's so many Native Americans here. Of course, she was seeing it spiritually, but... It is a spiritual vortex. I later learned I had no idea. Native Americans had roamed the land and 
protected it. So they were still very protective Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. It was Absolutely. really cool. I just wanted to add to that. There's a very uh, real thing about talismans mm-hmm. and certain crystals. If you feel drawn to it or called to it, do use those. I carry jet and black tourmaline. I have an amethyst with tiger eye that I wear that I was actually... Uh, called to wear as protection. Mm-hmm. I know in certain cultures, there's a protective eye of Horus or the, or the eye mm-hmm. of protection. And I wouldn't discount the power of those things with your intention. Right. And some people like to wear the cross or... The cross is a great one. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I wanted to ask you about lymphatic massage and how something like that help someone versus all the other types? Because you do so many different things, myofascial release and trigger point therapy. Do you really analyze like what issues are in the body and then determine the type of massage? Or is it really what someone would just prefers? Often, especially with lymphatic massage, there is an indicator. So somebody who had breast cancer had a mastectomy. It's not uncommon for their arm to swell up and really need lymphatic drainage. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has had a serious cold or flu and their lymph glands are all swollen, they need drainage and they need to unblock things like that. So there's usually pretty specific indicators for lymphatic massage Mm -hmm. and it is a very light touch massage because the lymph nodes are very superficial in the body. Mm -hmm. So it's helping to drain and move that fluid and your body will assimilate it back and it will disperse it through your natural waste, like going to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. sweating, things like that. So your body knows what to do with it. uh, But through dis-ease or illnesses, they will swell up. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to come in and create that flow again. Well, Is there anything else that you would want our audience to know? About the body work? Yes. I specialize in deep tissue, injury prevention and recovery, and tissues hold issues. Okay. So the physical and the mental emotional, but also have the spiritual component of contacting their loved ones on the spirit side to bring a higher awareness to their life, bringing evidence about who they are, what they learned in life, how they died, and specifically messages for them while they're on the table. So massage and mediumship in combination, Mm -hmm. bringing in the awarenesses of support to them by giving evidence to who they are. So proves life continues. But sometimes (laughs) I truly feel their loved ones on the spirit side know a lot more than I'll ever know about what's going on with them and will bring a different level of healing and will actually assist or facilitate in the healing. I watch them do like one would picture somebody doing Reiki energy healing on them. So I'll see them go and stand at a certain area and I'll say, do I need to go there? Sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say, no, keep doing what you're doing. We're working over here. And so your loved ones will come through, speak to you, give you messages, help you to understand what's going on in your life and where you need guidance, but with the evidence to prove that life continues, that they're really there, and then show me what they're working on, and I will let you know what they're doing to actually help heal you. I feel that when they come in, they bring a whole nother level of healing to the table. This is what's so amazing and why I do this podcast is because 
I want people to know that there's this entire spiritual realm that is working through so many of us to help you live your absolute best life. So that takes away all that anxiety and it takes away fear. I feel like so many people are living fear-based. Can I give you an example yes. of one of these actual scenarios of massage and mediumship in combination and how at first they might have been like disbelief, then a little fear-based, and then how it all came around within two years, they came back to me. So I, I had a woman on the table. Her grandmother was coming through. She was telling her with evidence who she was that I couldn't have possibly known this information, but then started to tell her that she was pregnant. And the woman's like, no, 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 no. We have kids already. We, we're not having any more kids. No, I'm sorry. I'm only delivering the mail. I'm just letting you know she's telling you you're pregnant. And she's like, yeah, whatever. She almost didn't. I go, do you mind if I continue? She goes, nope, go ahead. And so I said, well, she's telling you you're pregnant. Then hmm. someone close to you, like a sister, is also pregnant. You are both going to have your children within weeks of each other. They're going to be raised like they're twins. But I feel like they're, they're different genders. However, they're like twins. They're going to be raised together. But your child will be fine. There's something about the other child where... They're going to need multiple surgeries. I felt like it involved the heart organ. and But this child was not only going to survive this, it was going to thrive. So please let this mother know when the time comes that this baby is going to be just fine and that these two are going to be twins for their lifetime and they're going to be healthy and strong. Would you please deliver? She's like, yeah, whatever. She was not <laughs> buying this. Okay, just continue with the massage. Does my grandmother have anything else to say? She just didn't buy it. She left there thinking I was full of it. And <laughs> even though she had all the evidence about the grandmother, it didn't matter. She yeah. just could not hear that message. Two years later, she contacted me with photos <laughs> of these children. And indeed, the friend, it was her best friend mm -hmm. who was like a sister as far as their connection to each other. But her child was born with the heart on the outside of the body. Wow. This child had had multiple surgeries to correct this problem, still had one or two more to go at the time she wrote me the letter, but wanted me to know what a huge relief and what a difference it made for her to know this. That she'll get through it. It all clicked it. with right. her year, a, lot, a while later. She said her husband, the woman that was my client, Two weeks after she left the appointment, he made her take a pregnancy test and it was positive. <laughs> <laughs> so she came back almost apologetic, but really to just say, thank wow. you. And I said, well, thank you, Grandma. I was just delivering the mail. Right, right. <laughs> it's such good work. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You have been a wealth of information and so interesting and the people that you've met sound fascinating. So I hope we'll have you back another time. Could you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you so that they might be able to experience what our family has experienced with you? Absolutely. If they're interested in ever exploring John Two Hawks, it's literally J-O-H-N-T-W-O-H-A-W-K-S, johntwohawks.com. My website is a better place medium dot massagetherapy.com and you can reach me via my phone number 
833-933-1933. And texting is the most amazing way to reach me. And email is not the greatest. So I do have a social media profile on Facebook mm-hmm. under the same name, A Better Place Massage and Mediumship, or under my personal name, Angela O'Loughlin, and you could find me there as well. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much. And I really appreciate it and hope that we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. I want you to find a very quiet space. And you can do it this seated or laying flat on your back. It's up to you. But get really comfortable and close your eyes. And you just take a few relaxing breaths. And as you're breathing in, visualize breathing in this beautiful energy that is all around you. And as you breathe out, breathe out tension and stress, anything that doesn't serve you. And imagine that you really can breathe out stresses and tensions from the body and that you can breathe in the beautiful energy. Relax the muscles of your face, letting go of all tightness. Relax your brow, soften your eyes, unclench your teeth. Let your face and jaw completely relax your inner and outer ears relax, upper lip, lower lip, and the mouth. And now completely relax the muscles of your neck, allowing your neck to feel soft and relaxed. Throat relaxes. Allow your shoulders to press into the earth, or the back of your bed, wherever you're seated. Relax your shoulders. Inhale, filling yourself up with that beautiful energy. And exhale, letting go of tension, anxiety. Now completely relax the muscles of your back, the upper back, and the lower back. Releasing tension. Let the entire back completely relax. And as you breathe and hear the sound of my voice, you relax deeper and deeper into this calm, peaceful state. And follow my voice as we completely relax the muscles of your arms, allow your arms to feel loose and heavy, down into the fingers, palm of the hand relaxes, and your abdomen, so that your breathing now is perfectly relaxed as you go deeper and deeper. Allow the muscles of your legs to relax. Your legs feel loose and heavy. Your whole body feels heavy.
And remember that this is healthy for you to relax all your muscles and clear your mind so you can let go of stress and tension. And you have this power, this ability to relax whenever you want. Feet relax. And just imagine this wave of relaxation traveling up your body and back down your body. Breathing in beautiful energy. Breathing out tension, worry, tightness, and let it leave your body. Be sure to subscribe to Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast, and I hope you'll join us again soon. Namaste.